A very special episode of 115 Miles today as we take questions from you, the listener. I do hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. This is 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kaya. We hope you're sitting comfortably because this is about to get uncomfortable. Yeah, recording in progress. It's a fucking... That voice annoys me. Yeah. Annoys and, me and, as well. and at the end, when I'm doing breathworks, yeah, you've got everyone nice and like in this different state and then you go like, and he goes, recording stopped. Or whatever she fucking says. You just fucked the mood up, innit? Yeah. Anyway, we're live, Hass. We're back on Zoom. Uh, this is where it all began. Feels like it. Well, it doesn't feel like it. It is where it all began. Yeah, I feel like we've gone back to the beginning. That's what I'm saying. But look at the change. Look, like, you know, we were both at the time locked away in our bedrooms. Yeah, in the corner of a room. And look at us now, both in our offices. What's that light you got going on in the background, mate? That purple yeah, do you light. like it? YouTube. Fucking, YouTube you've been watching my Instagram a lot, haven't you, mate? Stay yeah. far away from your Instagram, mate. You've been, like, honest. soon, yeah, you're going to have a big sign in the background that says Hassan Kaya on it. In I'm not that narcissistic, actually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about the we, not the I. Yeah. Plant's still alive, though, mate. I've had that yeah, plant so is mine, mate. for a so few mine. months. Have you got yeah. plants in your office? We do, yeah, yeah. But we've got no natural light, so I can't imagine it's going to last forever. Oh, yeah. It's, that's what they, I forgot about that. There's no natural light in here. Why is it still alive? You've got natural light, haven't you? Well, I always leave the blind shut. Okay. Anyway, mate, we're going to start with a check-in. We've got a very special episode today, and it's special because we've asked our listeners for questions and we're going to answer them and so just to let the listeners know um how much looking at the questions have you done none i had a quick oh, glance fuck off i, had I a quick guarantee glance. you you were looking at them last night going through them thinking i need to make sure i answer these properly i bet you i bet you any I, money i think, you've been doing I think that. you're mistaking me for someone who isn't a busy like three company ceo man it's no. like <laughs> you, you you think i'm like you where you got all this time just to you know do feng shui and meditation and you know like some of us actually have to work feng shui. yeah you clearly yeah, have mate. tried to do a bit of feng shui in your office setting now i can see so i actually have just bought a, a joke with um with uh ed about this i've just bought these uh reed sticks from rituals did they help you read no they are f they smell so good mate what does your office smell like? What does your office smell like? Uh, smells like success. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Very good. Very good, Hass. Well, look, yeah. let's, let's start with the check-in if we can. Um, yeah. And I'm going to jump straight in there. And I'm going to yeah. ask you to check in first. Okay. Um, I feel really good at the moment and it, it, it's different to how we did our check-in last time and I'm very conscious of that but it's really authentic and it's really genuine and the reason I believe that is because um, 
I, I, I had to go through whatever I was going through to cut to emerge on the other side. And I would say the last six months, I've been surfing over the top of it. And I yeah. realized that I needed to kind of go through what I need to go through. So how that showed up is I just, um, I, I feel more clear. I feel like um, I am getting more done. I've got like my relationships are good. Um, and then just the other sort of slight adjustment I've made in the last week is is just putting a bit more focus back on sleep. I was kind of being a bit, you know, like uh, laissez-faire, as the French like to say. What does that back. mean? means laid back okay yeah not too like not too focused on the sleep and I kind of pushed it pushed it back to the top of the priorities which was um actually the top of my pyramid you know um at the top of my pyramid so that's what needs to happen my pyramid of priorities if you remember I talked about that at the beginning of the year my sort of number one priority was sleep and I just kind of let that slip so that's coming back so I feel good I feel like focused and energized and um and uh just grateful to have gone f- kind of through what i did in the last few weeks yeah it's funny you don't see it when you're in it but it nearly always turns out to be like a period of growth isn't it always you've always said that and it's absolutely true like you can't really grow until you go through those uh moments of adversity or challenge or you know i really believe that really yeah i believe that yeah how man, are you sweet. how are you man yeah, man, I've had like uh I've had a, an emotionally heavy week actually. Um through work, through being busy with work. Um so I did a school on uh Tuesday and Wednesday, right? I went to this senior school and I did an hour with every year group in a like a yeah. big assembly style. So it's about fifteen hundred kids in the end. I did year seven, year eight, year nine, year ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Yeah. Uh, so I did like most of them on the Tuesday and then, but in the evening on the Tuesday, every parent from every child was invited to come in and sit through my session in the evening. And so I did, I didn't actually just do the session. I spoke to parents in the evening and said, here's the session that I did and gave them a bit of a taster of it and then explained why I'm doing it and what I'm trying to get them to think about, um, to help create and stimulate conversations at home so that these that the young people don't just do my session, but potentially they're going to go home and their parents are going to be able to say, what did you think of what he said here? So like, it, there's not many schools that I've done that with. In fact, I've only done it with one other. And the other school that I did it with was the school that this lady got me into this school when she used to work at the other one. Right. So it's like a really like powerful thing to do. But when I'm talking about my struggles as a kid, yeah, and in each assembly, there's about 200-odd people, yeah, 200 young people. There's far too many of them in there, man, that are resonating with what I say. Far too many. I know when I'm well, in you, there. You can see it. You can yeah, see mate, it. Yeah, mate, you can see it a mile off. The way they, like, I'm really sensitive to that anyway, but you can see it, yeah. And... I come away and this happens quite a lot when I go to school, I come away a bit angry because I talk to the kids afterwards. A lot of them stay behind and speak to me. There's a few minutes in between each session and none of them have got anyone. The ones that come to me and say, I'm struggling with this at home. And I say, are you talking to anyone about it? They say, no. And when I ask them, why not? What do they say? Cause I haven't got anyone. Like, who am I supposed to talk to about it? And like, 
they know they can't really talk to teachers because if they do it like could become a bit of a safeguarding issue and a lot of these kids are struggling with stuff that's going on at home and the last thing they want is their parents to know that they've been talking about them when they're at school yeah and it just makes me angry because then I, what I do is I come away from there. I start getting resentful towards everyone that works in the space that I work in because I'm, what's happening is that I'm emotionally charged. I'm annoyed. I'm irked. Yeah. And I, and I want to point it somewhere. So I start thinking everyone out there is just working with adults. And the only reason they work with adults because they got fucking money. That's what I think. Yeah. Adults can pay you. Uh, and then I start myself included. Um, but then that came full circle because uh, I did interview on Thursday, the last one of this cohort, the finals, you know, the week six. And the final share in there was um, was a woman who basically said, look, through this work, I've not only been able to help myself, but my child came home today and talked about something that happened at school. And I was able to talk to them about people pleasing and how they can step into their power and, you know, be themselves and that they don't have to please everybody. And it fucking just, I just started crying on the, on the live. I started crying because I, and then I explained to them what I've just explained to you. And I thought, you know what? The more adults that we can help with this work, the more adults that I reach, the bigger impact that's going to have on people. But just to finish by saying the reason that it makes me so emotional is because, um, you know, I heard somebody say when, uh, when you see another child in pain, your your inner child bleeds and i'm like yeah that's what happens man you know what i mean so like it's mm. it's it's a lot of my stuff but it brings a lot of my stuff to the surface as well so yeah man it was like an emotionally heavy week in that way not in a, like i feel down kind of way but just in a like wow that was a lot so so mate i'm i'm happy it's the end of the week um, oh mate there's so much to unpack in that share there's so much to unpack like I think for you to be able to come full circle and see that actually what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing, right? To feel the anger, the resentment, the energy of what doesn't exist, I think is true as well. Like mm. it's great. And and the impact that you're going to have is through the work that you do. And there needs to be more because when, when kids don't, know that there's somewhere they can go they internalize it and when they internalize it some some might process it or they might just kind of ignore it and others they just it sends them on a path of destruction and and it's not fair you know like i i i, I we stopped talking about uh lockdown and covid but that period had such a profoundly negative effect on children that 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 isolation is is sort of something that they almost feel like they have to live with now they just that they, it's just part of them and it has a generational effect that is going to have a generational effect yeah. and and because resources have been cut because there are no avenues because there aren't people that are doing it because the people in your space are focused on working with adults we're sort of letting our future just try and figure it out themselves. And that's hard, you know? So uh, yeah, man, it's not just hard. It's a fucking disgrace. Oh yeah. Like I see the outrage in public domain about stuff. Yeah. All of the time you see the fucking outrage come through about all these things and how outraged people get and how much they've got to say about it. And no one ever talks about, it. I just don't understand it. 
I don't understand why nobody ever talks about the kids. And then what frustrates me more is like, I look and I see, and like, people are like, oh yeah, you know, kids have it hard. They might have dysfunctional, uh, you know, home life. They might have like toxic parents who are not there for them. They might have parents trapped in addiction, parents that have separated, but there's lots of fighting and arguing going on at home. I know what they need, mental health lessons. It's like fucking, no, they don't need mental health. Le- like, no, they don't. What they need is emotionally available adults yeah they need more adults in their life that they feel that they can go to to help explore what they're going through and don't ever let any fucker tell me that there ain't no money because there is man and i see it everywhere and there was well, through think, covid wasn't yeah, there yeah well i think there's two there's two they're, they're different things though emotionally available adults is different to the money and there is money of course like you, you it's don't not need different to, to me. the surface. It's not. I, I think it is. No, I'm not saying. I'm not saying that the resources don't bring emotionally available adults. What I'm saying is, I think in in life and society right now, it is it is hard to even be an emotionally available adult, right? So I'm not saying the money shouldn't be there in terms of the resources. Like more resources means less stress on people. Therefore definitely potential to be more emotionally available right if you yeah. if you're a teacher who has to do all of these things and wear all these hats and of course you're not gonna be able to do it right the reason they give mental health lessons is they go oh, i got to tick some box so this will be it right take what you can from it right you're on your own right and so what we're what you're saying so put the money into it and therefore let teachers do what focus on what they should be doing and then have those um responsible adults doing what they should be doing in terms of care and well-being and stuff like that totally 100 i'm saying at a macro level at society with everything that's going on all the division that's getting kind of pushed into us in the world with all of the economic pressure that we're facing like you're always going to be carrying so much mental load that's what i'm sort of saying yeah yeah, yeah, that's what i'm saying they're sort of like they're different but the same but like they're different in that i just think adults are struggling with emotional availability and presence regardless, right? Why, like, why do you think they are? Give me give me a list of a couple of reasons um, that there's a lot of struggle in the world today. There's a lot of struggle in the world because of inequity, right? Because of uh, uh, poverty, people being pushed into poverty. Um, there is uh people are numbing they're numbing uh like their pain by like going into addictions whether that's technological yeah. addictions or um and uh they are hiding from like doing the work right because and and, I, and i'm sort of not pointing at them they don't they're afraid to do the work is what yeah, I'm saying. it's too much it feels um, like too much yeah. it's too much and uh and so like you just kind of don't right so and, where's all that problem coming from it's coming from uh it's coming from like the the institutions and the people in power right exactly I, I, i'm not i'm not disagreeing exactly I, yeah I'm no no i know to, i know you're yeah. not i know you're not disagreeing yeah. No, no, yeah, no. yeah but i'm just like what i'm doing is getting you to answer the questions to really highlight for people that are listening and it, this is what i think is really important 
is, and I, I genuinely see this more and more clear now all of the time, we're fighting and arguing amongst one another over all these different things, right? Whatever it may be, we talk about, you know, even when you go into businesses, you talk about equity and equality and all of that sort of stuff, right? And and we are the equivalent of brothers and sisters arguing with each other when we're living with an abusive parent. It's exactly yeah. the fucking same. We live in an yeah. abusive system and the people in power make us fight amongst each other, yeah, and make us argue over in the end, what's quite top level stuff when really if we pointed straight at the abuse and said, that's where it's coming from and that's what needs to change. And we're going to hold them accountable until it does change. It will never change. And we continue to argue amongst ourselves. And, and I see that so clearly, even with a lot of the things that we end up talking about on here and discussing on here, I just think the fuck is in an abusive system. We live in an abusive system. Now, that's quite hard because when you look at that as a cold, hard reality, it's hard when you're in an abusive system because you're you're, you're trapped in it because that's what abuse is, right? It's an it's an abuse of power. Um, but the one thing that we can the one thing that we can do is when an election happens, we make sure there's a, at least a change of the guard. Now, mm. I think we'll be changing to a group of people that are perhaps less abusive but still abusive, but but at least there'll be a change. Yeah. I mean, everything you said there is like spot on. And actually, you can look at anything that we're suffering through at the moment and just see the abusive system. And it's the brothers and sisters or the siblings or the, you know, the ones that are involved but cannot influence. Exactly. Right? Like uh, that, that are really impacted. And that's that, like you could look at anything that we are looking at in life today and, and point to that. Exactly. Even, even like the, the most obvious one that stands out and we always talk about on this podcast is, is the race is the race conversation. Mm. I think we, we don't talk about how that even that stems from the, the top of the, the top of the system and the power. And it's almost like a brother and sister arguing like one sibling arguing with the other sibling because the other siblings got better trainers. It's like mm. you get, you got better trainers. So you got better. And it's not the sibling with the better trainers fault because the fucking abusive people gave them the trainers yeah. you know it's yeah. and they're arguing over that when the, the problem the problem is the top the problem is the top and it's the abuse and that's why and i think we're so terrified uh and he, you talk about covid that was the, the the when it really got heightened that's why i think a lot of people like me were really triggered people who have felt like scapegoats a lot in their life were really triggered because a lot of people didn't want to admit, didn't want to look at, couldn't look at, like you said, couldn't do the work. It was too scary to do it, to look at, hang on a minute. This ain't fucking, we are being abused the shit out of now. We're, yes, this there's a difficult time here, but the people at the top are getting richer and richer and more and more power. And the, we're arguing amongst each other. The sad that. thing is, is in the, during it, it's really, it's really hard because you get, pushed into factions don't you there's the believers yeah. and the non-believers right and then you've got the people in the middle like uh, i think there's you know like and i was probably in the middle right like i'm like so i did i sort of did what i needed to do and i sort of think i saw you used to talk about oh, some some stuff's not right but i saw just i was the inert that did sort of just kind of went along with it but history has shown the short history since then has shown us 
exactly what you're pointing to, that the abuser was abusing, that actually people made money out of it, that actually uh, the ones that were issuing the policy and the edicts and separating families and making people die alone in nursing homes were fucking partying and like they were they were abusing yeah yeah yeah. and so what saddens me though is that we are not learning from it so 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 we're meek we don't challenge we just like you know all this stuff that's coming down from in in their desperate attempt to cling to power uh, you know, all these kind of uh, things that are coming down from from Sunak and Braverman, it's like we're just sort of shrugging it off versus challenging it, you know? Um, so I've just, uh, yeah, I think, like, I, I was with some friends yesterday and we were like, is like, is there, a, is there, like, is there going to be a revolution? Like, is there a revolution coming? And um, the sad kind of reality we got to was like, nah, you know, like people, like people don't feel strong enough collectively to stage a revolution. Yeah, yeah, and the system, the power structure that that exists, is built like that. So if you can, if you if you think about a a, a a dysfunctional family, so let's say you've got an alcoholic father in the dysfunctional family, right? The uh, the siblings might argue amongst each other because, say, there's three siblings. You might have one who is like the golden child. Right. So during COVID, that was the one that was running about saying everybody should be doing everything right. And anybody who thinks this is anything but a, a, a crisis is uh, uh, is uh, a conspiracy theorist. Right. Then you had the middle sibling, like what you talked about, which is like, I just we need to just get through this. I'm not going to go one either, or either way. Then you have the scapegoats, the one who are going, hang on a minute. But what about this? I might fucking not know what's going on, but that ain't fucking right. And then they get to made to feel like they're crazy and they need to just calm down, right? So then what happens is if an alcoholic dad, say, gets really drunk, smashes the house up, and there's domestic violence with the other parent, right? Let's say that that happens. In the morning after, in the wake of it, when everybody's seen it clearly, all of the siblings usually will think, fucking hell, like, we can't do this anymore. Like, it's unavoidable to see the abuse, right? But then what happens within that abusive system or in that dysfunctional system is as a couple of days go past and things settle down, yeah, most people then go back to going, yeah, that was bad that day, but that's been all right for a couple of days now. And do we, like, if you start pushing it now, then he might get drunk again and he might do, and do we really want that? And so- so it's exactly the same what's happening now post-COVID, yeah. which is where everyone, myself included, by the way, yeah. you go, yeah, we fucking should do something about it, but 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 it's all right at a minute. And do I really, I'm doing all right. I'm just so, getting so through. Just to, yeah, just to play out that analogy a bit, right? On the, on the morning after, right? Let's say in that situation, the house is turned over, right? It's a yeah. mess. There's like uh you know there's there's evidence of a really traumatic and and uh upsetting night right a lot of pain and then everyone's calmer and you know and just kind of just walking about but the tidy up happens it's like a quick tidy up everything kind of you try and put it back to order very quickly and try and move people through it really quickly but there's a there's a big hole in the wall where someone punched a wall wall in the hole right and you see it because you can't fix that one really quickly, right? But then you just get on with your life and then you see it and you see it for the first few days and it's still there and it's a reminder and then you stop seeing it. Exactly, man. 
Exactly. But the hole, the hole in the wall is still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just kind of, you just acclimatise to it. Yeah, and yeah, you yeah. Just, you don't even bother thinking that that hole needs to be fixed anymore. Exactly. And again, even with that analogy as well, if somebody goes, somebody dares say to one of the parents, like, that was bad last night. Do you know what one of the parents does? I know. But, but go out all day. Here's some money each. Rishi Sunak saying he's doing, he's giving everybody the money out during, go out, be free and really enjoy your day today. And then you go, you know, it's bad, but right now it's, I'm all right. I'm all right. And do I want to go and be the reason that it's not comfortable like this? And that, like, that is what an abusive dysfunctional system is. And I think that's why, like, people like me sometimes I get really I get really triggered by it and can't come away from it. I can't not see it. And it it's quite a hard yeah. world to live in when you can't take your focus off of it, you know? Yeah. Um and 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 people you naturally annoy people around you because because they can switch off from it and you can't and you're like, no, I fucking ain't having it. No, no, no. You know, and I get yeah. like that. I get, I uh, rip I out. Get, you can I, see can be, I can be a bit like that as well. Well, I'll, even I'll be like, oh, we're heading into COVID. It's almost like it's, you know, like, I know it's still strong and we joke about it and we move through it. And actually some, I reckon we need to keep talking about it because people want to just ignore the hole in the wall. It's that, man. It, it, like, you know, like even like the energy crisis now, you speak to anyone and you go, did you see that they made fucking record profits? profits? And everyone's like, yeah, I know, it's mad, isn't it? And yet here we are, can't afford to pay the bills. And then it's like, oh, yeah. What? Just accept it. it just yeah. you got That hole in the wall. Yeah, yeah, I can see it, but, yeah, you know, at least they're not fighting now. At least it's not COVID. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck me, man. Man. Yeah. Mate, let's get to these um, questions, shall we? Yes, do it. Uh, so, uh, as we said, we are going to pose some of the questions. We put a post out on social media. I'm just going to work my way through them in no particular order. Yeah, do order. it. Do it, do it. Okay, let's start with this one because it's at the top and it's quite nice. What do you... There's two, two parts to the question. What do you admire most in the other and what triggers you most in the other? Ah. Uh. <laughs> All right. What do I admire most in you? Um, You're not allowed to say my devilishly good looks. Yeah, I disagree with that anyway. <laughs> I do like your beard, though. I do like your beard. Um, no, what I admire most is... Oh, look, I admire lots of things, right, about you. But what, what one that really stands out for me is the way that you... If you don't know something, you don't let that stop you. Right. And that you'll you'll try it and you're not you, you, you're almost a bit fearless, even though you're probably feeling fear, you're fearless in like executing and just trying it and you'll get it wrong. You don't mind getting it wrong and figuring it out like you learn from it. And I can overthink stuff. I can, I'll, I'll try and find the big, perfect solution. And you're like, no, I'm just going to try it. And, you know, the first time you've done anything that's really successful now, it's because it's because, you know, you tried it in, the, in that moment and it was small and it was like a bit of a mess sometimes, sometimes it worked, you know, but like you're really courageous and, and brave around that. So I'd say that's what, um, that's what really uh, I admire most about you. Well, thank you, man. Thank you. Well, look, while you think about what triggers, I'll say what I admire most in you. Yeah. Actually, I can't think of what I can admire most in you, but I've got a few things that trigger me. No, I'm 
Well, you just put my trigger. Uh, no, do you know up. what it is? Do you know what it is? Your unwavering support um, as a human being. When you um, know, like, or believe in somebody, um, you will back that up in the way that you are. You won't just say to someone, yeah, you're sound. I think you're good. Like you, the way you act, I feel uh, very safe. I'm very supported in my friendship with you without you ever really needing to say anything about it because um, because you're unwavering in the way that you show up. Even even um, I can probably be a bit of a nightmare sometimes, but, but you're unwavering in it. Um, and and in, in moments of crisis or in moments, it is you that I think, oh, I'm going to have to fucking ring house and he'll sort it out. And sometimes I will just chuck it on your lap and it's nothing to do with you. And I'll chuck it on your lap and I'll say, you need to fucking sort that. I don't say it as clearly as that, but that is essentially yeah. what I'm doing. And you do. Man, I, I, that's made me emotional. And now I Good. don't show it because like I'm a, I'm a, you know. Yeah, it's made you emotional. A robot. Look <laughs> <Looking sad laughs> <Looking> exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> um, no, mate, thank you. That's, um, and it's true. You know why it, it makes me emotional? It's because I believe it. Like I feel that. I feel it. Yeah. It's yeah, true. yeah. It's, it is my truth. Um, right, let's now get into triggers. Um, yeah. Have you got one? I, yeah, I do. Um, but only because I just thought about it and I was asked it. But um, you can occasionally just go onto broadcast mode and you stop listening. And yeah. when, when we're having conversations, sometimes, sometimes on the podcast, I'm like, he, he's not listening. He, he just, he wants to say stuff. He's just on one. And uh that is sometimes I need you to listen but I don't articulate I'll just like it's just one of those things we just kind of get, get on with with each other but yeah I'd say that sometimes you can get a bit broadcast on broadcast mode yeah do you notice I'm just giving you space to make sure that you uh, no, yeah, yeah, listen yeah. <laughs> oh, man, listen I fucking know that about myself man and it's funny isn't it because a lot of what I talk about is like really deep listening and all that kind of stuff. And I think actually the people that I get closest to, if I'm not careful, they're the ones that I don't listen to properly. And I know I, I can sort of, I get a bit, I say it's manic. I get a bit manic sometimes. And if I've got something in my head, I, you can see I'm waiting for you to shut up. I'm not listening. I'm waiting. I, I've got something else to say and it's more important. So yeah, I know that, man. I know that. But you, um, what I will say is when in the moments that you really need to listen and you're and you know it like because you've been engaged in that way as a friend or you've decided to engage in it's never not there like the listening it's just yeah. when we're I think it's often when you've got a lot on your plate and we're coming rushing into something that's when I can feel it most I can sense it when you it tends to happen when you've got a lot going on and there's a lot going on up here that's when it, I see it happen most yeah all right mate fucking hell you only have to give me right. one. You don't have to keep going right. with it. Oh, right. by the way, right, it on. fucking shows yeah. up when you. No, I'm joking. Go on, um, tell me. I think, tell I me think you'll know what I'm going to say. Do you think? Do you think you know what I'm going to say? I have no idea. No, it's your. If we're working on something together, you're because I'm so like. Let's just do it and fucking see what happens. Mm. Your perfectionism sometimes, uh, and you and you, when you say to me, should we just tweak this a little bit? If, yeah. You know, if I've got to send you something to go out and I'm like just sending it to you as a courtesy, really, I don't want your fucking yeah. feedback. I'm just yeah. 
sending it to let you know I'm going to put it out. And then you come back yeah. and you're like, I've been thinking, should we do this? I'm like, no, Hass. No, yeah. we fucking shouldn't do it. Yeah, 100%, man. Smiling knowingly as well, because I know, like, I know that about myself. And um, sometimes I'll tell myself it's in pursuit of greatness, right? Um, but sometimes it's, it's fear. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, yeah. no. And I think it is one of them things, by the way, that you can harness in both ways, isn't it? Like, sometimes I might be triggered thinking he's being a perfectionist when really I'm triggered because I'm trying to be slapdash and you're actually just trying to do something properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. you have to know. Uh, but I, I think you're, you're to, to come back to the thing I started with was what you, I admire about you. That's really influencing me. So when you sent me something today and you said, shall I just get it out? Or, you know, or, and I was like, and I went, yeah, just go for it. You know? And in the past I would have gone, Oh, what's that going to be the impact of that? And blah, 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 blah. And it's like, no, just let's just get on with it. You know? Yeah. So Sweet. Okay, good. Next question. Uh, and this one's highbrow here. I don't even, I don't, this isn't even a fucking question in my opinion. Okay. The answer is yeah. so obvious. Would you wa would you rather wear wet socks for a year or no socks ever again? Uh, no socks ever again. Yeah. Well, you so what? Yeah. So you wouldn't want to wear socks, wet socks for a year, yeah? Yeah, I would not wear wet socks for a year. That's or, not or even what? a question, man. Like wet socks is that what what value do wet socks bring to you? No, I don't think it's about value. I think what this person is saying is that um is no, that, that it is that it, no 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 I'm, it's not it's not one of them's good is it it's not which one's going to bring you the most value it's like which one's the most horrendous i don't think wearing no socks is horrendous although your trainers are going to stink bruv that's that's just a byproduct of do you know what i mean no socks. do you ever wear invisible socks yeah when you're I'm wearing shorts what socks do you wear uh Actually, I used to wear invisible socks. And I just don't. I don't like the fact that they ride down the heel and then they sort of bunch up get, sometimes. You can go get better invisible socks, mate. Well, hook me up later and tell me where I should be, <laughs> where I should be doing better in life. But uh, I just wear like um, sports socks, man. Adidas, Nike, Slazinger. Yeah, what? Just put Slazinger. Slazinger. Have you got Slazinger socks? No, I just felt like saying Slazinger. <laughs> I'm going to get some. I'm going to get some. Wilson. Wilson's good. Just going on the tennis vibes. Um, but yeah, I like Donne, the of... You got any Donne ones? Oh, man. Back in the day, I'm just going to have to start repping. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, the problem is me and my eldest daughter have the same Nike socks, just a slightly different size, and she's just nicked them all. So I've just... I've like, got the I'm, same I'm... problem with my boy, but my boy goes out and plays football in them. So they come home and they're like, tinted brown yeah, yeah. Nora, Nora doesn't play football and they're still tinted brown because she just spends all the time hanging out on the field it's terrible terrible okay mate next question uh, maybe oh, can I just say something about socks though just I've got to say it right I hate no socks wankers with a passion no, so no socks and shoes N let me just explain I, there's a certain caricature in my head right lads lads with Jeans, trousers, way too tight, skinny, loafers, no socks, wankers. Yeah. I no bet they wankers. stink, man. They're always the same type of shoe as well, aren't they? The loafers with the tassels, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I hate them. Yeah, no, yeah. I agree, man. I, I yeah. hate them, yeah. 
yeah. shirt part, like you know, like when they move the 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 gaps between each yeah, button yeah. on the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> well, manicured eyebrows as well. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I've only got one eyebrow, so um. Right, maybe one of us can answer this one. Tell us the story behind the bromance, how you guys met. Do you want it? Do you want me to? I, I don't mind. I mean, I'm going to do it in quick form, I think, because in the do interest of time, do I want to get... Form. Yeah. So basically, through I met somebody who turned out to be my cousin who I didn't know existed, and uh, through the work that I said that I wanted to get into, they said um, that their coach at the time was you, uh, and that they'd asked you and you would give me an hour of your time. So we met at the Tate Modern. I look back now and I realise, like, you know, the coaching number that you did on me. Um, but we ended up not being there an hour. We was there ages, isn't it? A few hours, probably. Fair? Um, we were there oh, for no, a few... My headphones have gone. Fuck's sake, mate. You're so, ruining the story. Sorry, mate. Sorry, they uh, just died. So we ended up meeting for an hour... Uh, we're supposed to be an hour, but we ended up meeting for about three hours. Um, and you realized that I could probably save your life and make you way better than what you are. And the rest is history. Well, I'm going to pretend that I heard it, but I was faffing about with my headphones. So all I heard was the rest is history. So yeah, let's yeah. go with that. Yeah. Okay, good. Brilliant. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say on my side was, uh, I literally thought you were a bit of a, charlatan um because he he was just saying what a great guy you were and i thought who's this guy let me go and smoke him out right and i said i'll give him an hour and then yeah sitting down four hours later i was like i'm in man i'm in and yeah it's been incredible ever since and the rest is history i've done a fucking number on you then because i knew you couldn't hear me right um if you could put one condiment inside your belly button (laughs) what would it be and why Wait a minute, is a condiment like salt and pepper or is it cutlery? <laughs> no, condiments like ketchup or like whatever. All right. Yeah. So it's in your belly button. Firstly, I just who come up with that question? Don't have to name and shame the but wow, that's a great question and a horrible question at the same time. Um I think all condiments kind of had the set have the same sort of consistency. Yeah. No, they don't, but go on. Yeah, you're right, they don't. Why are you worried about consistency? Because the feeling of it in your belly button's wrong. Oh, okay, okay. You understand the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got enough room in your belly button? Uh, <laughs> yeah, very personal. <laughs> I do, man, I do. Because that, That's making an assumption that one of us doesn't have an outie, which I don't. Do you have an outie? I've got, uh, yeah, I have got an outie, yeah, but but I've got enough weight so the on condiment to still would have sit a on top like a ridge for you, whereas no, mine... No, 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 it would still get in there, but it would be like, um, um, you know what you juice an orange on? Oh, that's your belly button sounds gross now, man. Anyway, what condiment are you putting in there? And you know what? I'm thinking it's a bit, I'm thinking like I'd, I would do it just to test my resilience in life. So I'd put wasabi on there just to burn the shit out of it. Oh, shit. Wasabi. Wasabi. I was going to go soy sauce. <laughs> Why? So I could eat sushi led down and just dip it in there. <laughs> <laughs> you can do that with anything actually you, can just use it. you went use it as a bit of a 
uh, like a little. Well, why else she putting it in there? What do you think you're putting it in there for? Just anything what it feels like. A fetish, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, good. Okay. Um, uh, what are your guilty pleasures? Have you got any guilty pleasures that you're willing to admit? Oh, it's hard to think about these ones on the fly. A guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure. I think we've sort of done this on the podcast before, haven't we? Um, Have we? Because I feel like I've said this answer before, but I like romantic comedies. Yeah, you have said that before. Yeah. yeah. You're a fucking melt. Right. What's um, your guilty pleasure? Uh, Westlife. Yeah. Okay. Um, you should be guilty. All right. I'm going to move on. She has got a couple more questions there, but I am going to. Uh, she has asked another one on a separate one. We're going to do this as well. A couple of things. And I want rapid fire on these so that we can get through some more questions. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? I'm going to give you two things. First one, sharing a toothbrush. No. Like that, the thought of that, there's a million and one things that I would do before you could make me share your toothbrush. And and, and uh, even with family, like I, uh, there's yeah, a hierarchy of who you're sharing with, right? But even family, that's a no. That's a hard no. Yeah, I ain't sharing with anyone, mate. No one. Now, listen, if you were... If you were like poor and you only had one toothbrush, you'd just yeah. have to bake that into your life. Situation. What and share it? Would you rather it. have dirty teeth and bad breath or share a toothbrush? I'd share a toothbrush. Would you? Yeah. If, would you rather? Have Is that what you're doing then? <laughs> falling on hard times, man. Next question. Well, is that why your breath stinks then? <laughs> Uh, go into the toilet with the door open at home. I do that. What, both toilets? No. Oh, what do you mean, both numbers? Yeah. No. Just just a way. I don't say I do that all the time. I'm saying there'll be an occasion sometimes where I've forgotten to push the door ajar, but it's only for a number one. Okay. So, you, yeah, you wouldn't have a big, massive poo with the door open. I can't believe we're having a conversation about this and I can't. But mostly I'll say the door gets shut. I have to be one, very one, clear about one more. Hey, what one about more, you? What about what, you? Don't just put me on the spot. Bastard. Yeah, no, I'll, yeah, I don't mind weeing with the door open. The occasional. The occasional when you, one, yeah. When you're moving quickly. Yeah, but no, the door gets shut in, in other occasions. Yeah. Last one of thoughts on this. Um, do you wee in the shower? I saw this question, like, what? Just answer what? the fucking question, Hass. You, no, question. no. Okay, what? first answer, no. So you're in you? the shower, the temperature yeah. change has happened. You're just yeah. in the shower. If you were to wee, it just goes down the plug. You're you sounding like you You do. I wee in the shower, mate, yeah. Oh, my God. I'm, so, clearly, I'm never, well, that's just weird. Why is it? Because it, the, the wee will intermingle with your feet when you're... In the not shower. if you aim it, mate. Not if you aim it. Just, just get out and go to the. Just go and like go to the toilet. What you've never weed in the shower? No. Fuck off, mate. I ain't having it. Everyone weeds in the shower. I Everyone weeds in the shower. Pardon? I don't know that they do. I don't know that they do. I bet you wee in the bath. Right. <laughs> I haven't had a bath for about seven years. I know, mate. I know I have to spend a lot of time with you. Um, right, let's get back to the serious question. 
Yeah. Uh, which late experience has been a lesson of growth or realization for you both and why? Uh, well, I've just learned that you piss in the shower. So that's uh, making me worry. I don't think it's uh, that strange weeing in the shower, mate. I think it is. Okay. Anyway, can you ask the question again? What late experience has been a lesson of growth or realization for you both and why? It's quite a deep question, quite hard to answer in the moment, isn't it? Yeah. Um, late experience. I, I've got a realization, a late, a realization that probably came to me slightly later in life. Um, that the ability to change your mind is an act of strength and courage rather than a, an act of weakness. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I would say my, uh, the late learning and realization is, um, who we are today is a direct, is a direct, it has a direct relationship on who we were as a child and how we grew up and some of the decisions that we make. I just didn't really think about that for the longest part. I just was going through life and I just didn't realize that until the last 12 months that, oh, that's why I do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's a powerful yeah. one. That's a powerful one. And here's a realization I wish people would get. Um, you can't agree with everything on everything with everyone. We live in a world now where like, you know, you're not even allowed to be friends with somebody that has a radically different opinion to you because somehow if you're friends with them, then it means that you're um, somehow like uh, supporting that belief that they have. And it, yeah. Yeah, it totally. is like that. Yeah. You know, like uh, on Twitter, people used to put in their bio, all views are my own, my own. Yeah. yeah? Just to show yeah. that they're their own. It's almost a little bit like when you're hanging about with your mates now, you have to go, by the way, yeah, I do knock about with this lad, but just so you know, all views are his, not mine. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Um, this person has come, and we're purposely not reading out the names, by the way, just to not get into. Yeah. Um, can you identify issues present within your peer group? That's quite a deep one. Here's a better one. How do you deal with calling out a friend? It's uh, a good question. It's just, it's just deep, right? So it's deep, and I think that's one that we would need to look at before we get on here. We can well, actually spend the whole do, podcast actually, on that. Yeah, no, no, that's the thing. What we should do is some of the ones that are deep, they're, they're good topics for us to maybe go deeper into on on the pod. Yeah. Oh, I mean? yeah. Okay, but this is um, shout out to this person because they they do listen. I know they do, and they've asked some. I, I, I genuinely think we could use so many of their questions for future pods. Yeah. Let me just see if we could answer this one. Cause I think it's really good, but I think we could do a whole pod on this as well. Um, um, are you capable of a mature conversation with someone you assume to have completely different perspectives to you? That's a great question. It's a um, very good question. Isn't it? Really good. Speaking very personally for me, I think, yes, um, I can. Where I think it would be very difficult is if I'm sitting sitting across from uh, a far-right person, a racist, someone that I know like openly hates me, I might yeah. find it difficult to find some humanity and faith in that person. But everything else, political views, um, different views on parenting, on culture, on work, on, you know, and being at the opposite end. I, I actually, I embrace having those conversations. I feel like it's important to do that. 
I think that I just would find it difficult to sit across the room from a proper skinhead and 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 see value in that. I just yeah, don't yeah. see value in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get it. Um, I'd like to think I'm similar, although it would depend on what mood I'm in, what headspace I'm in. Um, and I think the biggest obstacle that I face is that I would, I like a debate should be about trying to identify where I'm wrong. Yeah. But it's very, it's very hard to not fall into just trying to make you, you be wrong and yeah. me, right. And losing, yeah. getting lost in that. And then I become quite narky and passive aggressive. Well, and, well debate, and just interestingly, I think debate is, 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 is actually the wrong word because debate is often it's it's you making a strong uh a strong point of view of what you believe right that's the debate right here's my point of view that's your and that and you trade and you ask questions and uh in those sorts of moments there's that but there's the listening is really important and that's like is there something that we can explore i think it's a great question it is a great question and genuinely what i think we should do is um dedicate a couple of them them questions to an actual full podcast yeah um here's quite a good one see if you can answer it fairly quickly right we got about uh seven or eight minutes maximum left what was the pivotal moment of taking a chance on yourself um what did that feel like and how did you cope um i can think of the, the one really specific moment. So I, um, I was uh, pretty early on in my leadership career. So I was in, I'd just been sort of promoted into an HR director role of a company. Three months into that role, I was told I was being promoted into a regional role where I was going to look after the Europe, Middle East and Africa region of the advertising network. And um, I was scared. You know, I was scared. I didn't feel ready for it. Loads of imposter syndrome. I was, I just, I felt like it was too big for me. But I didn't say that to people. I just made it about, oh, you know, you know, I, I don't feel like I uh, want to, you know, step away from the world I'm doing, all that sort of stuff. But I was really scared. And uh, I really thought about not doing it. I really thought about stepping away from it um, because I didn't really believe in myself. I didn't think I was capable of doing it. I didn't feel like I could do it. And um, I'm really glad I did. I'm really glad I, I, I believed in myself. I took it on. Not only did I take it on, but I ended up doing the existing role and the other role. So I was doing a dual role. So I didn't just move into that role. I was doing two. And it's what made me. It's what made me who I am. It's, 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 it, the challenge is what really it pushed me. But also, what I'll say is I had created, the narrative I'd created was way bigger than the reality. So mm. these things I put in front of me that I, that I thought were going to be major obstacles were not at all. And actually, um, it was much easier. So you just got to really be careful about that noise that can get loud in your head when that imposter syndrome is coming in. You've got to yeah. really, really understand what it's trying to do is to protect you, but actually it can be counterproductive. So, yeah, that was me. How about you? Very powerful answer, by the way. Very powerful answer. I think, like, if I look at, like, when my career changed um, – what sort of, uh, to just come back to the question again, what was the pivotal moment of taking a chance on yourself? Because I became, because I was so close at one stage of my life to really ending it, right? 
I always have a knowing in my life still today that that's never too far away. I could always go back there. Yeah. It's not, it's not something in the past that will never come back. And when I was so down and so depressed about being stuck in my old job, I could see that darkness coming back, you know? And it's at that moment that I have a choice, really. I either end up going back to where I was or I take a leap of faith. And so, like, I'm, you know, they say, like, uh, if a plant isn't growing, it's dying. And that's very, very true for me in who I am. Um, because that darkness is always there in, you know, behind me in the distance. If I stop too long and don't do the things that really work for me and take my medicine as in all of the, you know, all of that stuff, it will catch me back up. And I know that every day. I know that. So, so, so knowing that and listening to that, I think is probably like the greatest motivation for me to always strive to keep doing what I know is right. Man, that's so, that's going to be so poignant for so many people. Not just, it's not just relating to your story. I think the notion that it's the, it's the knowingness. Yeah. It's the knowingness that actually it's always there and you have to tend to it to just take the plant analogy. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Um, Good question here. Thoughts on the theory that more tattoos you have, the more trauma you carry. You haven't got any tattoos, have you? No. No, so that's bollocks. Um, (laughs) 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 uh, Although I would support the opposite, wouldn't I, being covered in them? Um, I do think there's something interesting there, right, around your journey of inking and its correlation to life for you because i've often thought i've i've thought that that question i've i've probably thought around the realms of that like there's there's something josh is doing when he's doing this like it's 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 connected to his journey yeah yeah yeah. and we, we joke about the question um but like you know i think um it says the more tattoos you have, the more trauma you carry. I mean, obviously, clearly that is not true. However, I would say that there is probably in many cases a correlation. And I do think there's something about the act of going through the pain. Yeah. To, to have That's something at the end. Anywhere near a tattoo. <laughs> the pain is fucking horrendous. I just had Gabor Mate on my um, side, right? And I put it on my stories and added Gabor Mate in it. And then his Did daughter, you? his daughter messaged me off of, off Gabor's account. You're joking. But then I just thought, you know, she's like, am I mistaken? I'm Gabor's daughter. I run his account. She's like, am I seeing that right? Is that a tattoo? And I was like, yes, it's like a big one on my side. Uh, you know, he's been one of my greatest teachers. Um, so I just had it there. And then, I mean, if I didn't know you. It's fucking weird, isn't it? It's weird, man. <laughs> like it's like. But. But yeah, this is interesting actually, and we'll finish on this because in in the interest of time. But it is interesting because because that's what I thought, right? When I texted that back, and then she just went, it sort of almost felt a little bit awkward where she went, "Well, that's you know, I've never seen that before. Thank you, amazing, yeah." And then hey, I thought, then. like, and then I thought I get some weird messages yeah. myself, and yeah. then I did think that must be so fucking because that's just a dad, and like I've got a big tattoo of him on me. But 
Yeah. As weird as it is, because I know it is a little bit weird. Nobody's ever said it's weird about any of the other portraits I've got. And one of my legs is covered in about, I don't know, nearly 10 of them, maybe more. Nobody ever said, oh, Chester Bennington, that's weird. Tupac, that's weird. Bob Marley, that's weird. Right. All because they're sort of musical icons and everybody can relate that. Yeah. Okay. I can no, see. No, I don't think, no, I don't think Gabor Mate is weird. I'm saying, you know, when you see some hyper fans, like an Elvis yeah, fan yeah. will have Elvis done on their back. That feels a bit weird, but so that's probably all she saw was him. Whereas the, the, the context, the tapestry that's on your body, I think is a bigger story. That's what I'm saying. Like, I think yeah, yeah. in isolation, she's it's weird. going, that's a what a weird. fucking weirdo! Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah, actually, no, there, there's a there's the story of those people. They, they, they're connected. Like they're just they're they're all. Do you know what I mean? It's all part of your tapestry, which I think. Is yeah, cool. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and hero worship is a trauma response. So um, there we go. And you're anyway, full of it, ju- judging by the amount of tattoos anybody. Well, no, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I am fucking full of trauma. <laughs> Uh, we know that that was fun mate true. that, was, that fun. was fun mate we'll have to do it again and generally yeah. I'll come back to the I'm not going to name names um, but the the one that's posed loads of big questions I actually think we need to make sure that we uh, well they'll be on we can go back to them whenever we need on the profile can't we yeah. um, because they're, they're they're really powerful and actually we could have some good episodes out of them really powerful Let- wet socks or no socks I mean yeah no exactly uh, I've, got socks. I've got socks and sliders on very good uh, look at you showing your weird tattoos again. Oh yeah, do you want to see Gabor? No, I don't really. You know what's you know what's interesting about Gabor? He's healing very quickly. Oh look at that! Yeah, that isn't a metaphor for yeah. his work. I don't know what is. Okay, mate, really enjoyed this and uh, looking forward to it going out. And I'll see you on the next one. Cheers, bro. Thanks again for listening to 115 Miles with Josh Connolly and Hassan Kyle.